Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. Today's episode is brought to you by the Boneyard Huskies Club. The Boneyard Huskies Club empowers athletes by helping open doors to opportunities while providing UConn fans with access to exclusive dialogue, community, and rewards. To learn more, visit BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. That's Huskies with a Z. BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. The college basketball season is almost here, so we're going around talking to the college basketball coaches in the state. And joining me today is, is Yale coach James Jones. Coach, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Jared. How you doing? I'm doing great. Glad glad to be talking some college basketball and, and having you back on the podcast. I, I want to start looking back at, at last year, just from an overall perspective, how was it being back on the court and uh, adjusting back to a season after being away for a year? I uh, didn't skip a beat. It was seamless. Um, it didn't feel like we were we were off for that for a whole year, but it was really good and Obviously, we had a successful year, so that made it even better. Yeah, so take me through, looking back at, at last year, you, uh, you, you go, you, you make the NCAA tournament. What lessons were you able to take away from, from what you guys went through last year that you know, you're going to help, uh, it's going to help propel your team this year, especially with some of the younger guys you've got coming in? Well, well just that. I think that we got um, some contributions from some of our younger guys, and they, they got a taste of what it's like to win a championship. I think that um, one of the things that has helped our program is the uh, desire for the guys that are not in the mix um, to have, when they get their opportunity, um, they're going to be ready for them. Um, we've had a number of kids over the years, um, Trey Fields, uh, Blake Reynolds, and Alex Copeland come to mind. In 2016, they didn't play much at all during our run when we uh, played Baylor and Duke in NCAA tournament. Uh, and their senior year, Alex Copeland is the MVP of the Ivy League championship and, you know, scores 25 points or something like that against LSU. So, you know, those guys, um, you know, had an opportunity to see what it was like. Um, and then not playing, um, the bitter taste of that motivated them to, to get their game to where it needed to be to help us win a championship in their senior year. Take it, taking a look at your, your schedule heading into this year. No, you you open at home against Sarah Lawrence, then you're you're off quickly to Hawaii. You've got tough games against Vermont, Colorado. You're going to Butler, to Kentucky. Uh, take us through the schedule that you put together, and uh, you know what you're thinking about challenging your team uh, with this schedule. Well, we always try to challenge our team. We want to make sure that um, after we get through our preseason um, schedule is that there's nothing that we will not have seen by the time we get into the Ivy League. So, um, you know, the crowds that we're going to see uh, when we go to Rupp Arena, um, I don't suspect we'll see anything like that in our league. So that should not phase us at all when we go to some of the uh, more hostile environments in our conference. So you want to certainly do that. You want to play teams that are, um, you know, at a higher level in some respects so you can get an idea of, um, what your warts are and what you need to get better at. You know, you get exposed somewhat in non-conference, and you want that to happen. Um, you get the, you get the attention of your players um, through those exposures, and uh, then you're able to work on what you need to get better at. Absolutely. Um, I know one thing that that's on the schedule that we haven't seen in, in, in some time, and I know you've spoken about this before, is you, you get another Connecticut team on, on your schedule. What's it like getting to go play Fairfield? I know they've got a new arena coming there uh, and getting to play an in-state team there. 
Well, uh, what do you mean another Connecticut team? That's the only Connecticut team on us. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's been brutal for us um, to try to play the local teams here. And, and it's something that, you know, it's, it's tough for us that, you know, we can't get a game with anybody. Um, it makes it hard for us uh, to complete our schedule. I have to go all the way out to Hawaii to play three games because three teams that we beat last year, Albany, Siena, and Lehigh, they all dropped us. Um, so I have to go all the way out to Hawaii just to get three games because there was no way in the world I was going to be able to come up with three home-and-home home games within our – we can't go outside of our region and play home-and-home home games because of our finances. It's just, you know, financially it doesn't, it doesn't work for us to go play someone in, in Ohio or, or, or Kansas or Texas we have to play local teams and we can't get enough of them to play us. So it's been, it's been difficult. And, um, but it's great to have Fairfield on the schedule. Um, uh, Paul Slickman's a friend. He was an associate uh, AD here when I first started and um, he helped us get this game together. And it's a benefit. Like, you know, we'll go down and play at Harvard. Um, we'll go down and play at the Harvard Yards or, or actually in their new arena on their campus. And our guys will be in their room studying by 1030. Yeah, nice, nice to be able to uh, just have a, a quick trip there for that one. I, I know it's early in the in the preseason here in October, but as you guys uh, have started to take a look at your team, uh, take us through the roster a little bit and what to expect from your guys this year. Well, um, let's start with the returning guys that started last year. You got Isaiah Kelly, Matt Nolan, and Baz Inbang. You know, all three of them are, are, were tremendous for us last year. Um, they, they give us... Um, some experience and some leadership uh, from those spots. Uh, Bez Bang is the, the, probably the toughest, best defensive player in the league, and his uh, offensive uh, abilities, I feel, is going to explode somewhat this year. Matt Noling is kind of like a Swiss Army knife. He does a little bit of everything for us. And similar to Isaiah Kelly, like we've asked a lot of both of those young men. Um, you know, they were out starting four and five at six foot five and six foot six last year and we were able to be successful with them so that we start with those three guys and then we got some guys that came off the bench last year that i think they're going to have really good big impacts for us ej jarvis and and uh, august mahoney are two kids that came off the bench and i think they'll do a really good job ej gives us size athleticism quickness and energy uh august mahoney's flat out the best shooter that i've ever coached in terms of just being able to make shots uh, then John Pulikitis um, will be someone that we rely on, our senior captain, Matt, Mike Feinberg. And, and this is the other part. This is what's great. If you were to ask me this time last year if Matt Noling and Bez Embang would be uh, my starting one and four, um, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, I, I wouldn't have thought that that was going to happen. Uh, and they end up being those guys. So I'm going to learn a lot um, about my team over the course of the next few months. And, you know, who knows who's going to materialize that I didn't mention that's going to help us be successful. Yeah, absolutely. But it seems like you got a nice mix there of guys, you know, coming back in some younger players who are going to be able to step up and, and make an impact. I, I'm curious. I know the, the big thing in college basketball that, that's really taken off this past year has been the transfer portal and its impact. How do you see the transfer portal impacting uh, at your level here in the Ivy League? Not not at all. Not at all. We, we, we will not have guys leaving Yale University. I've been here for 23 years. I've not had one guy transfer in that time. Um, that being said, I've known someone to transfer from every single other university in our league. Uh, our culture and our climate, who we are, 
Um, it's just not to the point where it happens very often. And if you leave Yale, where are you going academically? It just doesn't make much sense from that trans, from that uh, aspect. And we do a great job at vetting our players to make sure that when we get guys to come to Yale, um, they're the right fit. And if you're getting the right kids and the right fit, um, you know, everybody can't be a star on a team, but guys on our, in our program, they realize, um, you know, if they don't play, it's because of something they did, not because of something that the coaches, that the coaches are doing. So um, it hasn't affected us at all, and I'm going to knock on wood, and I hope it continues to be that way. Yeah. Speaking on, on that note there, do you think the Ivy League is really one of the, the last leagues now where you could truly develop guys for several years in college basketball? Because it seems now where you look at some of the other major conferences and even some of the other mid-majors, guys will go for a year or two and then, you know, go somewhere else if they're, you know, looking for more opportunities, more playing time, uh, whatever the case may be. Is the Ivy League kind of the, the last bastion there for, uh, you know, true development uh, in college basketball? I would suspect you're right about that. I would suspect that our league um, and the, the families and the young men that we have are dedicated to the programs and the decisions that they make um, where you can develop a group of guys over the course of a four-year period um, to make it to make to make something special. Like I, I talked about how um, those three players, Blake Reynolds, um, Alex Copeland, and Trey Phils, when they were freshmen, they didn't really play much. But they were all good players. Um, you know, would they have sought someplace else to go if Yale education wasn't as compelling that it is? Don't know the answer to that question, um, but. I'm glad I didn't have to find out. <laughs> for for sure. And I know one one thing that, that's been in the news lately a little bit as well has been the, the talks of the NCAA tournament and what's to come of it as we've seen with conference realignment and all of that, whether or not, you know, mid-majors should be included in the tournament. You've been in the tournament. You've been a mainstay, you and your Yale team, you know, the past several years here. Do you see a time when the NCAA tournament isn't including teams like Yale and those from other mid-major leagues? And do you think that's bad for the sport? Well, that that would be ridiculous if it, it did happen that way. I think what what makes the NCAA tournament special are the people, the unknowns, and the underdogs that come out and make it make it right, make it make it great. I mean, when Yale beats a Baylor in an NCAA tournament. When uh, uh, what is it? St. Peter's beats Peters, a pre- yeah. in an NCAA tournament. Well, that's what makes it alive. That's what gives it energy and juice. You know, if you know if Duke loses to Kansas in an NCAA tournament, like, well, does that really matter? If Kansas State loses to um, to uh, you know Villanova, does does anybody blink an eye? Or if, you know, it, it just doesn't matter as much. What really matters is that those teams on a piece of paper that you may have not heard of much about and you can put together a bracket and that's what gives it energy and what gives it fun. If we ever went away where we were going to go um, take those teams out of it, uh, you know, I'd be hard pressed to think that it would continue to be as great as it is. And, you know, like the old adage your mother said to you before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, you look at, and the other part of it is that like, just the way teams are thought of, like, you know, people believe just because you're in a Big Ten or you have a name or a cross on the front of your jersey, that makes you better. Well, no, nah, not necessarily. Um, there are a lot of at the mid-major level that, is, that are as good as those teams, but 
you know, you never have an opportunity to play those teams in your building. So, you know, we'll go, we'll play. We played North Carolina at North Carolina a couple of years back. We lost by three points. Well, if that game was at Yale, if that game was at Yale, maybe we maybe we win it. But they'll never play at Yale. So it's it's just one of those things that um, I, I think that there's a, it's a misnomer about college basketball and the level of different teams and many mid-major teams are as good as any high-major teams um, if given the same opportunity and everything's equal. Agree wholeheartedly with you there. Uh, so again, if it's not broken, uh, no need to fix it there. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap with this one. As you're starting to look ahead at this season, I, I know last year the Ivy League was pretty competitive. How, how do you feel the conference uh, is looking headed into this season? Well, I think it's just as competitive. Uh, you know, there's, it, 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 it pains me that there's only one preseason magazine. I used to, you know, it, it, when I first started at Yale, I'd go out in September and we'd do home visits. And we don't do as much as that anymore. But, you know, I, I am out on road recruiting. I did fly a few places. And, you know, I like to go to airports and get the preseason magazine to see what people are picking what they think about us. And those, you know, the magazine has gone to the wayside, right? They're like, you know, it's, it's become a dinosaur. And so there's only, I've only seen one preseason magazine thus far. Um, and it didn't really get in depth into uh, at our level. And that's a shame. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that uh, the, the passing of the passing of the guard and how things have changed here um, with, with, with magazines, is just frustrating a little bit to me. Yeah, no, I, I know. It used to be something about going and picking up three or four of them and, and going through them all now. Uh, yep. But, but Coach, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to come on today. I wish you and your team the, the best of luck this year, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again at some point during the season. So thanks so much for coming on. You're more than welcome. Anything else you need, let me know. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at ctscoreboardpod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.